morning. Can you hear me? Can everybody hear me? Yeah. Good morning, guys. Good, good, good. So if you don't know me, my name is Bubs. Um, I am one of the youth team leaders here at King's House, King's Church, right? And I lead it with my beautiful wife, Dami, who's over there, going over there. And um, I've recently just become a father. It's surreal. That is surreal. Um, he's uh, oh, it's going to be four months in November. And um, it's just weird being a dad. It changes everything. <laughs> Officially, I'm not a young person anymore. I'm a... Okay, cool. All right. Cool. So it's a humbling opportunity to speak in front of my family today. And before I speak, I'd just like to say a quick prayer. So if you guys can close your eyes with me before we start. In Jesus' name. Father Lord, we just thank you Lord for today. We thank you Lord for the opportunity to come together as a family. We just thank you Lord Jesus for the ability to come in your presence and just feel your, feel your goodness, feel your love, your warmth and your faithfulness. Lord Jesus is about to speak today. Lord, take complete control over my words. May they not just be my words, but may your anointing come through them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, so we are in a season of slowing down as a church. Um, as King's Church, we are basically going through this series of um, slowdowns, well, slowdown series, which is to go into a deeper relationship with God, um, having a more authentic and sustainable discipleship with Christ. We can say that we are in a season where we are undergoing open heart surgery. Open heart surgery with our relationship with God and our relationship with one another, okay? So, rightfully so, because we are in a society where everything is moving like 100 miles per hour, like everything is so quick these days, um, it's important for us to slow down. So, I want you to give your, the person next to you, give them a nudge, give them a nudge, and say, mate. (laughs) All right, say, mate. All right, slow down. Take your foot off the gas and reflect. Let's do that again. I want it in sync. Go on, say, mate. Slow down. Take your foot off the gas and reflect. That nicely goes into my message today, which is slow down and reflect. Before I start, there's this passage, this bold passage that we have, which is in Romans 8.1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Do we believe that? Do we believe that there is no condemnation? Cool. All right. Now we've got that the way. With a show of hands. Yeah. With a show of hands. How many of you guys have gotten a speeding offense in this home? No condemnation, guys. No condemnation. There is no condemnation. Okay? That's right. Beautiful. So I'm in good company here. All right? Okay. So in February 2018, I got caught speeding on Oldham Road. So it's not too exciting. It's not like I was doing like 100. I was doing a 39 in a 30-mile zone. That's what I was doing. Um, So I asked myself, what was I doing that I did not see the speed limit? Or number two, 
that I didn't even see the speed van because there was a van right there that took a picture of me. There are no cameras on this road, but it was like a big van in the corner. And on Oldham Road, how many of you guys know Oldham Road? Yeah, yeah, so there's like this van that's always there. So now I'm always cautious when I go down that road, yep. So basically what happened was I had to reflect on myself and think, what was I really doing? And funnily enough, I remember. I remember because I was going to Arndale Centre during the week. So in the week, you know, parking in Manchester is crazy. You can't find parking during the week in town. But there are these spots, yeah? There are these spots around Crown Plaza. So there's a Crown Plaza. There's like this two-hour free parking during the week. And so I was trying to time it. So you know that if people go in... I'm not going to wake up early in the morning. So people will go there and park around 9. And by 11, 15, they might leave that spot. So I wanted to make sure I swip right into it, yeah? So what happened was I was probably... Not probably. I was speeding for that space. I got that spot, which was good. So I was like... Okay, got a free parking spot, go into Arndale, did what I had to do, and I came back out, got my car, went back home, felt good about myself, said I got a free parking spot, only to find out that was the most expensive parking spot I ever paid for. Yep, so I actually, this was my first offense, and if you know if it's your first offense, you don't have to um, pay the ticket, you have to go through this thing called the National Speeding Awareness Course, and if you've done it before, it's about 90 quid instead of paying 100 quid for, um, for, the, for the ticket. And if you've done it before, it's like AA for speeders. You know, you're sat there, and it's just kind of, people say it's kind of boring, you know? People say it's kind of boring. But funnily enough, for me, <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, oh, I'm in this place. I, you know, I'm, I, I vowed of, you know, I passed my driving test first time. I'm like, I'm the best driver, and I got this ticket, and I was like, mm. I don't want people to find me here. And I was just hoping I don't see anybody from church in that place. So I was like, oh, everybody's just, just going to look at me and be like, yeah, what's going on? All right, cool. So what happened was I really took my time to slow down and reflect. There were elements that were taught on the effects of speeding and the benefits of sticking to the speed limit or slowing down that I believe applied perfectly to this season that we're in as a church. Yep. And I believe that it applied nicely as well to the biblical context we'll be looking at today. So, I'm encouraging you now to reflect as I speak on the illusion of speeding and the benefit of slowing down and how it can apply to your life. Okay? So, as we go through this series of slowing down as a church, we are not just speaking on theories that you will put into practice at some point in time. No, we are actually slowing down right now as a church. And it's a now word. It's a now word for you to slow down as an individual as well. We are slowing down, remember, to deepen our relationship with Christ and others, to be more authentic and sustainable disciples of Christ, becoming disciples of substance that is planted in the promises that God has for us. Okay, so the first thing is reflect on the illusion of speeding. Smashing. You think you're going to get there quicker, but you will not. That's the simple thing you should remember from the illusion of speeding. It's like you feel like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do it quicker. I'm just going to make sure that you know, I can speed up time. But actually, you're not. In the present, you might think you're getting much done, but something is given. Something has to give. Research reveals that if you're driving at 60 miles per hour, on either 50 mile zone, 
So for an average journey of about 14, 14 miles, you cut your journey by 2 minutes, 48 seconds. But if you receive the minimum speed in fine of 100 quid, do you know how much that, those minutes cost you? 35 and 71 pence, 35 pounds and 71 pence per minute you saved. You saved minutes, but you spent money. So something gave. Okay? So in the present, you think you're moving quickly, you're saving time, but it actually costs you more. And that's literally, that's just on the road. What does it mean for our lives? What does it mean for our lives? We are constantly working hard and our health is given. We eat fast food because we think, I'm going to eat this, I don't want to cook. Cooking is for lame people. Why am I cooking when the food is there? But the truth is your diet is suffering. We are so focused on achieving a goal that the relationships that matter are struggling. Matter. I said the relationships that matter. Um, in the biblical case study we'll be looking at from, for this sermon will be the prodigal son. Before I go into that, I just want to read a couple of verses. Um, you don't need to open to this. I'll just mention them. You can make a note of them. But the main ver- biblical passage we'll be looking at will be the prodigal son. So the first one is Proverbs 3, verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart, not part of your heart, not on Mondays or not on Sundays, with all your heart. Some people feel that they can twist God's arm by getting things done. They feel like in order for me to get God to do something, I'm going to overdo this. I'm going to run for it. I'm going to make it hard. Now, we are action people. God says we are action people. Yes, we are. But there are certain things you cannot speed up destiny. Certain things in life you cannot speed up. You know, God has intended certain things to be in place. You can't speed up summer. Winter's coming. Get ready to get warm. Stay warm. You can't say, oh, you know what? I want someone to come now, so I'm going to start wearing shorts. Doesn't work. Doesn't work that way. They're laws. Yep. Okay. So another passage is Ecclesiastes 9, verse 11. Again, I saw that under the sun... The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all. In the Amplified Version, it says, I again saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, and the battle is not to the strong. Neither is bread to the wise, nor riches to those of intelligence and understanding nor favor to men of ability, but time and chance overtakes them all. So in the, I guess that's the, NIV, NIV, NIV says happens to them all, but in the Amplified it says overtakes them all. I like that because it says it goes beyond you. Time and chance is beyond you. You can't change things. You can't say, oh, I'm going to do this because I feel like I want God to do something extra. No, it's not going to happen. Time and chance overtakes them all. So, I would like to encourage us, as a church, to slow down. Slow down in this crazy world that we live in where everything is so microwave. Everything is so, I want it now. I want to get the affection of people right now. I want to, um, 
I'm wearing nice clothes. I'm wearing, I'm, I'm looking good today. I want people to tell me I look good now. Instagram, psh, let's go. <laughs> I mean, I just think really, to be honest, we need to learn how to slow down and be authentically us in God. Okay? So the Bible passage we're going to be looking at is the prodigal son. That is in Luke 15, 11 to, 12, to 32. So please open your Bibles to Luke 15, 11 to 32. We're not going to read everything because of time. And we're going to read certain passages because I'm going to break it down into two. So the first part is going to be from 11 to 16. So 15, 11 to 16. And we're going to look at the illusion of speeding or the illusion of speed. And then we're going to break it down from 17 to 24 and look at the benefits of slowing down. Okay, this passage is normally used for forgiveness, repentance, love, and rightfully so. It's all of that. But today we're going to put spin to it. Okay, let's journey together. Right, so from 15, verse, chapter 15, 11 to 16, I'm going to read that as quick as I can. Okay, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Okay, so let's look at verse 11 and 12. So he says, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my, give me my share of the estate. The younger one. So there's an older brother who didn't ask for nothing yet. This younger one wants to speed up time, and he asked for his share of his inheritance. Okay? So I want you to note that. He was the younger one, so he was obviously trying to go ahead. Okay? And then... He was like me. I was trying to get a free parking spot. See, the thing is, a free parking spot is a good thing. His inheritance was his, and it was a good thing. Most of the time, we speed for things that are good. Don't negate that. I understand. We obviously want something good to happen to us now, so we obviously try to speed for that. So, bearing in mind, most of the time, we speed for things that are good. Nobody really is speeding with a mindset saying, I want to crash. Most people are speeding because they want to get home quickly, because they want to go and relax. That's a good thing. Most people are speeding because they want to get to work early so they can talk to the boss before the other people get to the boss and you know, get the promotion. You know, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But he tried to beat what we call the law of how things go. It was his inheritance. It was his. Don't get it twisted. It was his. So he had the right to actually ask, ask for it. Okay? So we go for, to 13 and 14. Let's move on swiftly to 13 and 14. She said, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off to a distant country and squandered his wealth in wild living. After a severe famine in the whole country, 
and he began, after severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. Now, if you were like me, back in the days when you watch all these um, cartoons about biblical stories, they showed so much stuff like he was out there in the bar, he was out there with you know, loads of women, he was out there drinking and everything, but Jesus has no chill. He actually just went straight to the point and says, quickly, he has spent everything. Like Jesus just said, wild living. I said, go, we're going. We're going, we're going to the moral of the story quickly. And I feel that it was a, there was a, there was like a, I feel like it's a metaphor because I think Jesus was trying to show you that it will go like that. So easy come, easy go. You heard of that saying before. So that's what happened. He did not understand the value of his inheritance. So say, for example, okay, if you remember something gravi- like something big that happened to you maybe like say 10 years ago and flash forward to now, it feels like yesterday. Irrespective of what you think you want to get quickly, it will just go like that. And because you don't understand the gravity of the matter in terms of the gravity of his inheritance, I mean, his father must have slaved so many years for that inheritance. And he just said, give me that, give me that. And he went and he just eventually spent it all. And then he came, he was like, oh, he just went so quickly. But that's because he did not understand the value of his inheritance. Okay? So remember, we are on the illusion of speed. So verse 15 to 16. So he went and hired himself out to the citizen, to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pig. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. This shows us the consequences. This is the consequence. He was the prince. In his father's home. So he probably commissioned things. He probably was in control of the stuff. You know? Imagine this guy was, you know, imagine like Prince William or something. I don't know. Just imagine what he can do here in his own country. And then he ends up somewhere else where he is feeding the pigs. This is crazy. This is the illusion of speeding. We see that he had an inheritance, which was a good thing. But it was not the right time for him to have it. He needed to slow down, take his foot off the gas, and chill. He needed to wait. We don't like hearing the word wait. I don't. I want it now. I want it here. I am like you. Bear in mind what did I say before. There is no condemnation. This message is for me too as well as I'm talking to you guys. But Isaiah 40 verse 31 says... Those who wait on the Lord, he will renew their strength. Let's let's take the context of of sports. So say, for example, in football, we don't play full 90 minutes. You stop at half and half time. You go back, you renew your strength, really. That's what happens. They renew their strategy. And you see in football, most of the time, people go in 2-0 down. They come back, they win 3-2. It's crazy like that. But that is practical renewal of strength. Imagine what that would look like for your life. Let's take, for example, boxing. You're boxing, you're fighting in the ring, and then eventually you're, you've, you've, you've been down for the first five rounds, but then eventually you go back, you've got your coach saying stuff to your head and everything, and you, re, you go with a new strategy, a new mindset, and then you go in and you win, the, you win the fight. Imagine what that would look like for your life. So that nicely leads us into the benefits of slowing down. 
So we're now going into the benefits of slowing down. Okay? One thing you remember, it increases your awareness. Slowing down increases your awareness. Slower driving makes you more aware and responsive to your environment, making you more likely to react safely to potential hazards. In addition to this, slower driving decreases the wear and tear of your car and reduces the costs of fuel. Now, let us personalize this. Slowing down in your life, what would it look like? It makes you aware of your calling, you as an individual, your strengths and your weaknesses. It makes you more aware of the people around you and the relationships around you. It allows you to refuel yourself and build stamina as a Christian. We as believers, as King's Church family, are planted in the heart of Manchester for the long run. In order for us to be effective and carry out the will of God in our cities and in our lives, to see God move. Slowing down is not a luxury, it's a necessity. From time to time, we need to slow down. Okay? Even Jesus and the apostles, or Jesus and the disciples, sorry, they slow down. In Mark 60, verse 30 to 32, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not have a chance to eat. And he said to them, this is Jesus, he says, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Now, this was before they fed the 5,000. That was a landmark of Jesus' ministry. They slowed down. What would slowing down mean to you? What would slowing down look like for you in terms of your destiny? Because if you slow down, imagine if 5,000, if they fed the 5,000 after they slowed down, what would it mean for you if you just took a time to slow down? What would God open? What doors would God open if you slowed down? Okay, so back to the passage. So let's read from 17. Speed up a little bit. Okay. 17 to 24. Okay. Um, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out... And go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still long, he was still long away. Off his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring him the fat calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive, and he was lost and found. So they began to celebrate. Okay? So in verse 17, as you can see, when he came to his senses, that's the first thing that happens when you slow down. You come to your senses. Slowing down leads to awareness, and awareness leads to self-reflection. So he was able to reflect of his surroundings. Okay? Then in verse 18 to verse 
20, he says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, heaven against you, heaven and against you. Sorry, sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like the hired servants. Slowing down leads to awareness, and this awareness births a solution. It births a solution-driven mindset. He was already strategizing, saying, okay, what am I going to do now? So first, when you slow down, you're aware of yourself, aware of what's happening around you. Number two, you're able to start to think clearly to create a solution for your life. Okay? Then, after reading 20, it says, so he got up and went to his father. Simple and straightforward. Slowing down creates a strategy. It allows you to have a strategy when you slow down. Okay? Then we move on to verse 22. Let's see this picture. No, actually, verse 21, 20B. I called it B because that's, that's my notes. My notes, yeah, 20B. But while he was still long away, off his father saw him and filled him with, and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, he threw his arms and around him and he kissed him. So what I'm saying is that slowing down births repentance and from that births restoration. Are you aware of that? So in the context, so there's certain contexts. So say, for example, you've gone live, you've done wild living, you know, you've gone crazy. You've gone really, you've done things that are not, if, if, if Christ was to see you, you, you wouldn't feel comfortable telling him, this is what I did yesterday. Yeah. So the slowing down allows you to sit back and then repent. And then with that, God opens his arm wide. It's always there for restoration. This are, these are the benefits of slowing down. Restoration. Okay? So, now let's lead. Let's, let's read. Let's read verse 24. Verse 24 says, For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So, they began to celebrate. Self-explanatory. He was lost, but now he's found. He is alive. God wants to give you life and give you life abundantly. That's what he wants to do. Slowing down is not a luxury. It's a necessity as a Christian. Okay? And one thing you have to know is that these are practical things about the benefits of slowing down, but slowing down is also supernatural. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Your souls. You can sleep, but your soul ain't slept. You can, you can say, oh yeah, I'm going to actually relax and go to the gym, or I'm going to do this and do that, but if, is your soul at rest? I know what it feels like to sleep, and your mind's still racing. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, why am I thinking about this? What's going on? That's because your soul ain't rested yet. But this is what God is inviting us to do. He's inviting us to be able to put our burdens on him to ensure that our souls can get rest. So, that same character that we see from Matthew is the same character the father portrays in him. So we go back to the story and we read the last verse. And this last verse, I, I didn't want to put it in, but I felt like I should because 
it might take it a little bit off a tangent, but it's really necessary that we see this. So the older brother was vexed. He was like, why are you celebrating this guy who just went out, spent all the money? And some of us as Christians somehow feel that way when we see people who come back to the church or potentially come back to ask for God's forgiveness. And we're thinking, eh, you just lived a crazy life like this, man. What are you talking about? Are you going to come back and see you want to actually, you know, bring your connection back to God? But sometimes we feel that way. But I love what the father says. The father says, my son, the father said, you are always with me. So for you who are always with me, remember the riches and the authority you have. And everything I have is yours. That's what God is saying to you. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because the brother of yours was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and he was found. That's what we celebrate for when people come back to God. So, that's a beautiful conclusion for this message, which is the benefit of slowing down. Slowing down brings you to life and gives you life abundantly once again. Slowing down brings you from being lost in your ways and being found in God's ways. As a church, we want to constantly be alive in God's will for us. And as a people and as individuals, we want to ensure we constantly are connected to the source. That's why we slow down. Okay, so as I conclude this message, give your neighbor a nudge. Boom, boom. Go on. Give him a nudge. Give him a nudge. And say, Oi, mate. Slow down. Take your foot off the gas. And reflect. Thank you.